Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you once again. My name is Oye Bain G. Akins, and you can call me DJ Fresh, and we're live on CTD Among Blacks. And for this lovely episode, I have with me right here my co-host, and he's going to try to introduce himself before we go into the real discussion of today. Yes, yes, yes. Oto Fresh. I go by Victor or oh, Big Vic. Yes, boss. Let's roll. Thank you very much, Dad. Um, <laughs> You know, it's not been easy. I'm going to say this is everything we're doing and, you know, making sure we can keep on point. And one thing I think we all have been saying is consistency. And, you know, bringing you in, I've been able to increase our consistency. So thank you for that. Thank you. Thank you um, for having me. Thank you very much. So the topic we're going to be talking today is about, you know, how you've been influenced, your okay. lifestyle from Nigeria and, you know, moving to America at the early stage, living in New York and coming down to South as a Nigerian, how had that been for you? You know, you're an Igbo guy uh-huh. that I've lived in Abeokuta right. precisely for four years and stayed in Lagos. And from Abeokuta, you come down to America. And one thing I'm gonna say, no disrespect to all New Yorkers, this this thing I know about New Yorkers, like y'all khaki, y'all fast, Y'all look down on people, you know, if you're from New York, there's this stigma that comes to New Yorker. And you're, you're more like a New Yorker, you're a Nigerian, you're an Igbo guy, you've lived in Yoruba place, and now you're down south in America here, in Houston. How has it been for you? Oh, okay, good. <laughs> That's a, thank you very much for the question. I mean, it's a, it's a roller coaster. <laughs> it's, a roller, it's been a roller coaster ride for me yeah. in my life. Um this this few I'll say years that I've been living in this earth, but I'll tell you something, right? Look at it this way: um, if you can live in Lagos, literally they say if you can live in Lagos, Nigeria, you could live anywhere. That's true, though. So I think that Lagos has a great impact in my life. Um, living in Lagos, kind of that hustle mentality that survival of the fittest, the drive to always want to make it, you know, always want to just on the go. Lagos is a hustle and bustle city, you know that. So I think that part of living in Lagos kind of like helped me a lot from merging from that to New York City. Okay, now it's like coming from a city to another city. Most Nigerians, right, from Africa, or I won't say Nigerian, any part of Africa anyway, coming from Africa, going to living in America, some of them go, they have an opportunity to stay in a in a laid-back, chilled state, like sort of Texas, like the, the, the South, like Mississippi, or yeah. I'll say like uh, Colorado, mm-hmm. I mean, or somewhere somewhere that is kind of like, not a kind of like crazy, crazy city, you know, Nebraska or Memphis, or just somewhere that's kind of like not too crazy and not known to be a big city. Milwaukee, some do have that opportunity, right? So it kind of like, I won't say, I'll say fortunately for me, from Lagos to New York City at the age of 15. I'm, I'm sorry to cut you short okay. real quick. I, I want to make the question more broad a little right. bit. So in, in three sentences, okay. where exactly are you from from Nigeria? I'm supposed okay. to ask you that. I was born in, I was born in Lagos, Okay. right? I was born in Oshodi. Oh. Yeah, I was born in um, Mafuluku Oshodi. But your parents are from where? My mom in Nigeria. My mom, yes. My mom and dad in Nigeria. My, so, which my part of Nigeria is, are you my from? My dad is Delta Igbo. My mom is Imo State. Whoa, so you're Delta and Imo. Right. My dad is Do Delta Do you speak Ibo. the language? 
I don't know. I don't you speak understand. it, but I understand. I understand uh, Delta. I understand our dialects and Imo. Imo. I mean, so Igbo language. I'm trying to move a little bit. Okay. Being an Igbo, mm-hmm. real core Igbo. Okay. Born in Lagos, right? School in Nabeokuta, okay. Which is around Yoruba, Yoruba people, right? Coming to New York, okay. Moving to United States entirely. Okay. <laughs> um, how? Uh, I'm not trying to go tribalism thing, right. but being that part of you like that and moving to United States, how have you been able to do it? That I know for a fact you remain humble. How? Okay. That you didn't allow the tribalism, you didn't allow the fact that you come here in, in, in a tender age to America, you know, there's a lot of happen the time you come down to oh, America. A lot. Right. How do you manage to navigate yourself coming to one of the city that we know, New York is a city yeah, you got to be smart. You gotta, how do you manage to, I'll give, tell me that part, how okay. do you manage to like get yourself, I'm not going to say perfect, but right. in a sense where you could relate a lot with people in different parts of the country. Okay. I'll tell you, right, that um, one thing, I remember one episode we talked about at Belkuta where I went to school mm-hmm. for like, you know, for a lot for a lot of years, probably four years or so. I think that at Belkuta school, that I went to school in the Yoruba land, kind of helped me a lot. Knowing that I'm not in my territory, which is Lagos State, which is mainly like, you know, I'm in a different land where predominantly Yoruba speaking, right? But I was able to adapt there with different people coming from different places too. So that helped me a lot. That mm-hmm. kind of gave me the adapting skill that I need to succeed, right? So after that little experience that I have, I now moved to New York City. And we all know New York is like a hot pot, right? <laughs> different, one of the most diverse, you know, city in the world, you could say. Different people from different around what the world. What side of um, New, New York, York did you stay? Okay, good question. I stayed in almost four boroughs. Like, okay, we have Brooklyn, Queens, we have um, Brooklyn, Queens, Manhattan, and we have uh, Bronx, okay? And Long Staten Island, and we have Long Island. I stayed in Long Island. I, first of all, I stayed in Queens, okay. right? Queens, New York. Um, shout out to Queens. Um, so you're really, Queens, really inside, you know, yes, all this 50 yes, cent thing, everything yes. happening popular. As a matter of fact, 50 was not literally 10, 15 minutes, and Nicki Minaj, where they grew up, I'm, I was wow. in LL Cool J, I was literally in that neighborhood. Wow. Hello, Cool J. How does that really, when it's, you look at them today and you look at you and everything like that? I mean, it's like, you could make it. That, it it, it, it tells me like, you know, if they could do it, we could do it. You know what I'm saying? Like that well, jump, like you that. just got to keep working hard. You just got to keep moving. If they could do it and get out from that slum, from that, you know, that neighborhood, like you can actually just persevere mm. and you could do it. Thank you so, for saying that though. Absolutely. Thanks for the question. So now leaving that part, right? You asked the question. Yeah, I yeah. did live in Queens. After Queens, I moved down to Long Island. Of course, I was staying with my aunts then, um, and I moved down to Long Island. We stayed in Long How Island. How was life being a kid then for you, coming to America? It was rough. Know, being an Igbo, being around Yoruba. Because you moved from Lagos from to Yoruba side. side. From Yoruba side, you moved to US, US, which I know back then, you know, there's a lot of African-Americans that don't understand Africans. How were you able to, in the city of New York? It was rough. I don't want anybody to actually think it was a, it was a very smooth sailing. It was, it was rough, and I mean rough, because I was being li- I was being looked at as a oof, eh, African booty scratcher back then. Being pop back then, being African was you should you shouldn't even say it. like how do you, how because do you the friends yourself though because right? your friends would mock you like high school I went to high school so it was like first of all your accent is different, you know what I'm saying you talk different from them. 
And these are kids. These are these are all teenagers. Oh. So you know how teenagers get. <laughs> so any little thing is like they'll make you feel like you're not part of them. What What do you think if it's a look back mm-hmm. with those kids? Because I know they don't know better. They don't know better. What, what What do you think you would like to tell those kids of that time today? Like, based on your experience, what is that thing like you want them to know that you know the privilege ever come and you having it right now? I'll tell them if I have to look back. I don't think they know better. I don't think it's their fault. You understand? Mm-hmm. It has a lot to do with upbringing. It has a lot to do with um, um, being ex- being exposed to different culture and diversity, which mm-hmm. they were not. They mm-hmm. only know America, and they thought America was. If you're not from our no, American, you're a, you're a bum. Basically, <laughs> you're not. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? The point <laughs> if you're not is, some people don't even leave right. their state to it's, another state. Exactly. Mm. So, back. Queens, yes. Queens, Long Island, and then the Bronx. And I lived in the Bronx. Bronx, I lived in the Bronx more. I think I lived in the Bronx. I heard it's very hard over there. there. Is that true? Is what? I heard it's very hard to it's survive. Tough. And it's like, tough. You gotta I, be, I kind of, um, yeah. You got to be smart and all moves. It's, it's, it's rough. It's um, because it's not like anywhere. It's a fast. Like, New York is a fast-paced state. Like, the it's telling me like everybody move sleeps. fast. Their thinking never is fast. The They're thinking talking is faster. They don't want to do with you too much. Like what you doing? You ready for this thing? You don't ready? Let me give you a sh- this little shock, right? This cultural shock that you always talk about, right? Yeah. You know, in New York, you wake up in the neighbor. You tell you you can't tell somebody good morning. You can't tell your neighbor good morning. They look at you. Why? What the hell is good in this morning? Just go your way. I'm going, I'm going my way. It's like wow. Yes. So me coming to the south here in Texas, right? And I looked at my neighbor, hey, man, the neighbor want to, they want to have a whole full conversation yep. about the morning. That is how different it is, bro. Wow. There's no time. No time for you. No time to converse. Like, what is, what is good about this morning? Go your way, man. Go my own way. Let's, like, I have, I have a train to catch. I have a, I have a, I have a, I have a work to attend. So the time is running. That's how fast. How has it not been for you moving to Houston? How do you look like Houston people? Like, you know, they say everything in Texas is big. Every, and it's but, facts. but how has it been for you? How you've seen down south? How? What are the things you've been able to see in difference? I think one good thing about it, I'll say, is that uh, it clears your mind. Mm. Mind space. Your mind is a, mind is mind is very 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 essential in our upbringing in the way we see life because mm. you're in a space where it's spread out everything is all right take a take a few step back and relax <laughs> you know what i'm saying we're not on the go on the go on the go all the time we should not be on the go on the time like where we're we rushing to mm. so it's more laid back you get a chance to reflect right you get a chance to of course it's cheap you know, compared to it's a way cheaper place to live. You know, of course, there's space, there's big houses, there's big, there's there's land. You know what I'm saying? And to add that to also, I think there's a lot of, of course, in Houston has a lot of African Nigerian, so to say. So there's so many places you can tap into, so many African stores, so many things could bring you back home. Mm. You understand? I'm not saying they don't have that in New York, but it's not as it's not. I don't think there's. It just is not close. It's not mm. as big as here in Texas. You know what I'm saying? It's not as fresh. I'll say. Wow. So, and it's not predominant. Texas here is more predominant. Mm. A lot of Africans. So those those are things that I feel like. 
they so they're very helpful. Let, mean, let me helping. ask you this. I mean, um, if you're right. still listening to this, uh, we have Victor is one of our co-hosts now. Correct. So what we're talking about today is Victor sharing his experience being an Igbo guy living in um, in Southwest Abeokuta precisely, mm-hmm. and from Abeokuta moving to United States, living in you know New York, living in Bronx, living in some places inside New York, mm-hmm. and you know finding himself way back to. Houston South down here and what has been the experience. And if you're watching us, you could check us on YouTube and the CTD Among Blacks. You could check our website. It's www.ctdamongblacks. The same thing on Apple Podcast, IAT Radio, and Spotify. It's all the same thing. And if you feel like you want to be on this podcast, maybe you have a story you would like us to share. Or anything you want to, you know, do business or you want us to sponsor or you want to sponsor anything, you can reach out to us on ctdamongblacks at gmail.com. My next question for you, Victor, okay. is being a Nigerian, what is that thing you've learned that have changed your life in a positive way, that have made you become more humble, that have made you to take life easy, that you think you could share for any Nigerian that's about coming, that might come in your age or maybe older than you, that you feel like it has helped you, that you want to put it out there for people? All right. Um, first thing I'll say is God first. It might sound cliche, but just whatever you believe in, you know, the God that you serve or something, just always be mindful that you want to stay. You want to, you just, first of all, I'll thank God because there's so many, so many situations that I've been that I've actually thought that my life is over. Here in America? Oh, here in America. Absolutely. Especially at a young age. Wow. You know, that I felt like, and it's not because the setting that I find myself the group of friends or the kind of things that I found myself, I'd be like, I shouldn't be alive. If I could make it from here, from this, if I could make it this night, I'll just thank God. So I really thank God for actually wow. helping me in that situation. You know, some of us might, some of you watching or something, or you might find yourself in a situation like that. Just know that if God can take you out from that predicament, can take you from that situation, just know that he got your back. Preach. Just know that. Yeah, yeah I'm not trying to like, but if you believe in that, run with it. Have faith that it could work. You For understand? Real. So I've always had this mindset like I came here with a, I came here, I came here with a, with a purpose, right? I came to America for, I'm, I already knew even on my way to America, I already had a goal. And I know nothing was going to take me away from that goal. Right, um, and this is has it has. So we'll talk about it in the next some topic has to do with my parenting and it has to do with uh, mm. my upbringing too. So I'm, I'm just right. branching to that because you said it. So right. you, do you right. think a parent has a big role in playing in, the, in what a child becomes? Absolutely, as a Nigerian, positive or negative. Mm. Most most time we always think about a ne- but, the positive part. But do you know, the negative But what about the people you? that don't have no parents and they still be able to successfully? That's what I'm saying. I I technically raised myself, and I always say that. So Mm. I didn't have. Yeah, I raised. I technically raised myself. Wow. At the age of fifteen, kind of. Wow. I take. I technically raised myself. So you're making a decision on yourself and how you want to do this. Based on what I've seen in the household that I've lived in over my younger age. So that kind of helped. That kind of helped me, motivated me to know this is what I don't want to go through this route. Mm. I've seen. I've lived in this route. I don't want to go through this part. So that's what I'm saying. Some things could have. Your negatives, if you're watching and you feel like you're in a negative, you're in a, you're in a place where you feel like, how am I going to get out of this? Look at the bright side. Like, this should motivate me to know that I don't want to go back to this environment. I could, make, I, could make, I could step out. I could take some steps that will make me look back and say, I'm glad I got out from here. Uh. It will also motivate you to want to just say, you know what, I could do better. Uh. So... What I'm trying to say is that most times our current situation 
Let's talk about negative current situation right now. Our current situation that is so bad that you can't even think of how am I going to get a look at it like it will motivate me. It will propel me. I'll take it as a, you know what, you, as a challenge. For the next place. For the next place I want to be at. So mm. somebody's trying to hold you and trying to tell you you can't do it or mm. nah, you're from this environment. You're not. So that, that was what propelled me. That was the challenge I had. It wasn't parenting. It wasn't nothing. I just knew that this person said I'm not going to make it because I'm from here. This person said I'm not going to do this because I'm from, watch it me. Becomes the force. Watch me do this in 10 years. Watch me do this in five years. Watch me do this in four years. I like that. So your negative situation could, you could use that as a- A foil. A foil. Thank like you very gas, much. Like a gas to push you. I'm keep, it's not I'm always. It's not. It shouldn't always be pulling you back or setting you back. No, I use it as a force. I use it as a force, like, as a gas, like you said. So I thank God for giving me that mindset to look at life like that. So if if I really get what you're saying, mm-hmm. the the life your parents have lived kind of mm-hmm. propel you, give you that confidence. Positive like negative, right. I, I could do all these things. Right. All right. Thank you very much right. for that. Uh, this right. is going to be the last question I believe I'm going to ask yeah. you. And the last question mm-hmm. is, um, I know I kind of said, what would you like to tell, um, you know, those kids back then when you're in Bronx, when you moved to New York? I mean, uh, the next question is, what now? Nah, it's I'm not going to say it's a question. Mm-hmm. I just want to, you know, what you said right now. I want you to add something to like, what would you like to tell? African Americans, white, Hispanic, Caucasian, that are born, raised in America, that find themselves in the midst of Africans. I'm not going to say Nigerians. Mm-hmm. What is that thing you like to tell them that could help them to be more open minded? That when they come across Nigerians, to realize that Africans, to realize that some keywords that you say mm-hmm. might make you lose the opportunity of knowing people more than how you know them. Or, you know, these are the things you think you might know that doesn't really go like this. So what, what is your take on that particular thing? Like, I want to hear your own views. Okay. Not everybody you come across has a, has a bad influence on you or doesn't want you to succeed. Uh. I don't care the color. I don't care the nationality, the black, white, pink, whatever color you want to categorize them. Not everybody that comes in your life or wants to see you not to, don't, doesn't want you to succeed. You understand? So let's take that mindset away from, just take that mindset away from your head in the first place, Mm. okay? And think about, you know what? I'll try to, and it's not everybody that comes in your life that you have to be attached with. Mm. Even at a very young age, I already knew that certain people that are in my life, they're not, they're not going to be, they're not, I don't see me hanging around with this person in two years. I don't see myself hanging around with this person Mm. in a year from now. You know what I'm saying? I already knew that. I may, I knew that because I already saw where our life was heading to. Mm. Right? So that making that, knowing that and be able to make that turn around was very, very, was a key factor. Mm. You understand? Some people still know that this person I'm hanging around, female, male, whatever you want to call it, is not a good, I shouldn't be hanging with this person. I shouldn't be doing these things. I shouldn't be, you know, I'm not trying to, I mean, I've, I've had my shares. Don't get it wrong. You understand? I'm not going to come here and, act like I haven't been through, I haven't seen worse, I haven't been around. But I kind of knew in the back of my head that this was just temporary. It was not permanent, it's not gonna be permanent because the route I'm about to go, I'm gonna have to, (laughs) I'm gonna have to like push this thing aside and push this person aside and step onto this next level. You understand? I already have that mindset. Some people don't, you understand? I'm not gonna say, but if you don't, if you don't, if you feel like, I don't think, I haven't thought, I don't, I don't, I don't think I could leave this person. I don't think, um, I have that mindset. You have to 
just believe in yourself, right? First thing you got to believe in yourself, knowing that you are meant to do something greater mm. than your current situation, right? Mm. You are meant to do something bigger than your current environment mm. and pursue it with everything. You might, you might have a lot of obstacles in the way, but obstacles are just obstacles. It shouldn't hold you back. And you're gonna keep having obstacles. Mm. So just keep going, keep going, keep striving, keep going. I'll give you an example, right? Um, the first job I had, technically, I'll say the first main job that started getting me money in America was um, an Indian guy. It was an Indian man that owns a store and I was just walking by and I was like, you know, I need a job. Like, I mean, you know, he didn't know me from nowhere. You understand? If I wasn't open-minded, I'd be like, ah, this Indian people, man, I don't mm. know. You know, like, I don't know. I don't speak their language. They might hate me. They might look at me as a black guy and not want to help me or not want to hire me. And that's job. coming from what you've known about that's exactly everything from happening everything around. happening back around me. And this was my probably 15, this was my young wow. age, 16 or something like that, right? 17, I guess. So I kind of knew. And when I walked to him, when I walked up to him and I told him, like, listen, I need help. I need a job. I want to. He looked at me, was like, okay, what do you know how to do? I told him, I'm good at this, I'm good. And this is like a store, I don't know, back then, I don't think this store exists, it's called Kinko's. It's like an office store, like what they do in Home Depot, Home Depot right now, Office Depot, sorry, what they do in Office Depot right now, but it's called Kinko's. But a store, I think it's, I don't know, you could Google it. Uh, I don't think it's in existence no more. But anyway, he was like a big manager in Kinko's then and decided that, um, was a long story. He told me the story just because of he was an um, Indian race. They didn't want to give him a promotion that he deserved. Wow. Yes, he told me he, he was supposed to be like the um, the overseer of the whole northern states. Like Making a great room for you to walk. Exactly. Wow. So he decided to leave that place and open something close to Kinko's, a store, a more smaller scale like Kinko's, like an office depot kind of place. So he made that and decided to hire me. So that racist thing we talked about a lot, we always talk about here, you know, kind of like he didn't let, because somebody, a him. white guy did not, they hired a white guy instead of him. And he was the one that actually trained the white guy. Oh. So he was supposed to get that job. Exactly. He hired That's, the white, he trained the white, and he gave the white guy the job. Psychologically because, right. And he told me the whole reason, I mean, it's the whole, he told me the whole reason why. He's, he has an accent, he's Indian, he can't blah, 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 whatever. So, he hired me for this job, and I flourished. Mm. Not only I flourished, he he took me under his wings. Shout out to um, Mr. Mirage. I'll never forget your name, Mirage. Yeah, Mr. Mirage. Mr. Mirage. Anywhere you yeah, might be, yeah. if you see this, so, <laughs> shout out <laughs> Thank to you. Thank you very much, yeah, for your for your guidance. He became a father to me because mm. I didn't have a, a dad. I mean, I mean. Being I alone. Being a, right. So he became a father to me. He had two kids that were in the medical field then. Both both of them are surgeons now. Oh, that's how they influenced that's you. That's the influence me into the health thing. Oh. Kind of gave me a little insight of a little. So there's a lot of wow dots you, that you, I try to connect here. You, 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 man, <laughs> so I ask had, you one question, right. and I think you really touch a lot of big things. Right. And I'm glad you're able to. Sometimes I always tell people, like, there's so much in our brain, in our past that, if situation doesn't bring you, we don't even go into that place. You won't, you won't dig and into And sometimes right. you've got to go into it, not because to encourage people out there. Absolutely. So I'm really glad um, you share those moments. And one thing I take myself that I'm going to say first is um, not everybody's the same. 
in respect of what you might have in your past experience or you know in your life don't use one time experience to judge everybody don't use one time pain to feel like it's going to keep repeating itself and like victor have told us today don't give up on yourself uh, don't give up on that dream and be more open minded we would have taught somebody like him will be influenced by an Indian person. So the same way it goes in a bad way, the same way it goes in a good way. So the main thing is about your own personality, about yourself, how you tend to see people. If you're African-American that come across an African, irrespective of who you might be, like Victor said, Caucasian, anybody, the goal is for you to be more open-minded and respect people. And don't think everybody's the same, actually. It's been a privilege having you on Absolutely. this particular episode. I'm glad you shared part of your story that I don't even know. And um, I hope for anybody that watching us to this particular moment, I've been able to pick one or two things from your story. Not the bad ones, not the good ones, but in the sense that they can be more open-minded to realize that there's a lot to achieve outside there. There's a lot, irrespective of how your story might go, irrespective of how you think you might go through anything, don't give up on yourself. I think that's one thing I learned from you, is never give up on who you want to become. For everybody that talk you down, let it become the gas. Put that gas in your tank and keep moving and let it become something that doesn't break you, but it motivates you to want to really like, I got to do it. And man, we all have a story, but like I always tell people, the only time you can tell your story is when you make it. Exactly. <laughs> if you don't make it, it's irrelevant yeah. to tell your story. And make <laughs> no evidence. <laughs> so, you explain, no evidence. <laughs> so it's been nice having you, Victor. I don't know if you want to say one or two words before I put everything to an end. Um, uh, a closing word from you. Ah, absolutely. Um, thank you very much. Um, uh, it's been a privilege having right, you. Right, right, right. My, my closing word or closing remark will be thank you for giving me this platform, for sharing this platform with me, and um, for just adding me to part of this wonderful team. And um and that's really and thank you audience for just keep subscribing and just watching us and just watch us grow you know just you know tell somebody to tell somebody to tell somebody and um you just never know if you have questions put in our comments or whatever and um yeah that's it uh, thank that's you that's about it and, thank you um, very much all we say is um just keep watching us and um until next time we say love peace uh, as we continue to connect the dot. And stay connected. And I guess we're just going to end it with Victor's voice. Keep connecting the dot. Yep. Until we'll see you next episode. Thank you very much. I remain of O2 Fresh. Until the next episode. Thank you so much. Thank you.